0: Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician- That's me, and a health literacy and communications expert- That's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Economic interventions for trans women's HIV protection. Now, transgender women in the US account for a disproportionate amount of HIV infections and frequently experience challenges accessing or engaging with HIV prevention and care, mainly due to social and economic inequities. Now, in a report recently released by the CDC in April of 2021, 42% of 1,608 transgender women surveyed in seven major US cities have tested positive for HIV, and two thirds of the women reporting incomes at or below the poverty line. HIV prevalence is even greater amongst transgender women of color due to systemic racism, with 44% of black transgender women and 25.8% of Latina transgender women living with HIV, compared to 6.7% white transgender women, according to a 2018 meta-analysis of HIV amongst the transgender population by the CDC. The contributing factors to the structural and economic vulnerability of transgender women include home insecurity, healthcare cost, housing instability, unemployment, and underemployment, with the unemployment rate of transgender women of color being four times the national average at 20%. Now, discriminatory laws and policies that fail to protect transgender youth, such as transphobic bathroom policies, contribute to higher dropout rates from school, limiting future career opportunities and making transgender youth more vulnerable to economic instability and limited health care access. In a new study published by BMC Public Health... 19 transgender women from two cities, Richmond, Virginia, and St. Louis, Missouri, were interviewed in order to determine what microeconomic interventions most would benefit for their well-being. Now, guidance and support regarding finance and unemployment dominated the priorities of the women interviewed, including support toward addressing the variety of obstacles faced in engaging with banks, obstacles such as having to use a legal name on documents or inexperience with banking, and improving credit and budgeting skills. This was also linked to guidance surrounding unemployment with suggestions including resume advice and help with job applications and interview skills. HIV prevention and care was a key component of the study, with women interviewed supporting improved HIV counseling and testing, so long as HIV did not become the sole focus of the interventions made for them. Gender transition support was also discussed, including financing toward transitioning physical appearance through medical and non-medical services in order to affirm the identities of these women. Protecting transgender women in their socioeconomic environments is essential to ensure their health and well-being and to reduce the risk of HIV infection and lack of access to health care. The measures explored in this study should be implemented to provide support for transgender women and to affirm their identities. Physician Association's Plan to Advance Racial Equity. Now, the American Medical Association has released an organizational strategic plan to embed racial justice and advance health equity, which entails their strategy to embed racial justice and advance health equity within medicine. The report analyzes the causes of inequalities within healthcare, including contemporary and historical structural violence, which marginalizes minority communities through poverty and social injustice, and has set out its aims in advancing equity. This comes as increasing numbers of U.S. physicians are calling for leadership on anti-racist strategies in order to move toward equity within medicine and healthcare. Many of these physicians seek their associations and leadership to confront systemic racism in a more decisive and assertive way, which has resulted in a range of public statements and strategic plans, including this report by the American Medical Association. Now, there are concerns surrounding the priorities of members within physician associations and whether those priorities, such as their own financial concerns, align with pursuing racial equity in medicine and improving minority health care and access to it. However, in an interview with PBS NewsHour, the chief health equity officer at the American Medical Association has stated that the organization wants to take accountability in erasing structural racism within healthcare. care and has called upon those in the healthcare community and those affected by decisions made by physician associations to hold them accountable in pursuing this. In fact, in April of 2019, the American Medical Association launched the Center for Health Equity to facilitate, coordinate, initiate, and track AMA health equity initiatives, which aims to contribute to the AMA's holding itself accountable in pursuing racial equity in medicine. The document states its goal in placing historically marginalized groups at the center of the AMA's efforts and to uphold the values of these groups and initiatives and policies driven toward equity and justice. In upholding and collaborating with these voices and employing intersectionality and critical race theories, the physician associations could be part of a huge effort amongst grassroots organizations and healthcare campaigns to advance racial equity on a multidimensional platform. Now. There is serious work to be done in advancing racial equity in medicine and healthcare. And if physician associations want to achieve this, they must ensure these goals are a priority amidst the other concerns and interests of their members. Physician associations have an opportunity to assist in advancing racial equity and health care in minority communities, particularly through a combined collaborative effort with other organizations. Nationwide blood shortage. The beginning of the pandemic forced many hospitals to cancel elective surgeries, but now that the restrictions have largely been lifted, Americans are seeking more medical care. However, a nationwide critical shortage of blood is causing major issues. However, at the time of this recording, we are starting to see some elective surgeries be postponed right now. According to ABC News, the American Association of Blood Banks reports that as of this past June, the blood supply dropped to red level, indicating dangerously low supply of blood centers nationwide. Donated blood products have always been in high demand in the US, but now doctors say the crisis has reached a turning point, which is forcing some to triage medical care and reserve blood products only for the sickest of patients. Patients with certain diseases, such as sickle cell disease and cancer, may require frequent transfusions throughout their lives. A single car accident victim can require up to 100 units of blood. To put it broadly, on average, one American needs blood products every two seconds. Now, while the blood supply system has always been strained, this new severe shortage can be attributed to the COVID-19 pandemic and a sharp rise in violent crimes across the country. People are now seeking medical care and surgeries they had to put off before the pandemic, and the prevalence of gunshot wounds that need transfusions is significantly higher than pre-COVID era. The chief medical officer at the American Association of Blood Banks said, from personal experience as someone who has worked in the transfusion medicine field for many years, the current situation with the blood supply is the most concerning I have seen in my career. If you are able, please consider donating blood because it could very well save somebody's life. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs? Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at docgriggs one on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen or at drdery. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter Nola on Twitter. And for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc? Protect yourself and others by staying home. And please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.